Welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Aaron. And I'm Damien. Thank you so much for joining us and happy March to everyone listening. For those of you new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want interdependent study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. So Damien's up this week, and what do you have for the table today? I am up this week. Uh, so today, I've brought a documentary, or I guess sort of more accurately, a, a special yeah. uh, called Seeing America to the Table. It was produced by and aired on HBO last summer in 2020, and it's hosted by Megan Rapino. and I'm sure folks are familiar, uh, but just in case, Megan Rapino is a member of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team and world champion uh, turned activist. And in this special, Megan has a conversation with three pretty incredible folks, if I say so myself, mm. uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Nicole Hannah-Jones and comedian and television host Hassan Minhaj. And it's a really short special. Like it's only 30 minutes, about 30 minutes. And so it's definitely an easy watch if folks want to check it out, which I hope you do. Uh, but the conversation that they have is broadly all about the challenges we face as a nation. But really, more specifically, they talk about the state of America in terms of diversity, equity and inclusion, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, the pandemic, the 2020 election and, and American politics and sort of where we are and where they hope we are going as a nation. And so I'm I'm really excited for us to talk about it today. And, and I know you've watched it, too, obviously, in preparation for today. So, mm -hmm. you know, what did you think of it, Aaron? Um, I appreciated lots of it. I liked the opening, um, uh, sort of the introduction that yeah. I think Megan Rapino does for it, yep. um, where she says the purpose is to talk about America, uh, what it is, what it could be, and what it should be. Yep. Um, and so I really um, appreciated that kind of framing for, for where the conversation was going to go. Yep, um, me too. And I really liked these three guests. Um and sort of the the different ways they played off of each other and the different roles that they have. Yes. Um, you know, I think bringing together like a comedian with a, a member of Congress, with um, a journalist and historian, um, with a, you know, very famous World Cup winning gold medalist um, and Megan Rapinoe is like, it's just an interesting combination of people. So it's cool yeah. to see them um, kind of talk and connect. And it worked. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um, but it, it did feel like there should be more to the conversation. Yeah. Um, to me, um, I feel like they jump between a lot of different topics um, in only 30 minutes. Right. And so it felt a little bit... Um, I guess shallow mm -hmm. um, to me. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be more th more than thirty minutes. Yes. Um, like I, f I feel like they got. I got to like the twenty fifth minute or so, and I was like, "All right, they're getting they're they're getting into it now." And I was like, well, "There's only like, you know, with you, when you include credits, there's like two minutes of content left." Right. Um. So, yeah, I just felt like there should have been more, um more time spent with people. Um, but there were lots of great moments from all of them. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk about those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think 
when we were sort of uh, picking the media for this, I think we both sort of were thinking that maybe this was supposed to be part of a series or uh, or certainly maybe it was just going to be longer than it was. And I don't know what role the maybe the pandemic played in sort of their yeah. production of this. I don't. They talk about it early on that uh, it seems like they filmed it during the pandemic because they're right, when you when you watch it, they're sitting far away from each other and there's like nobody else around yeah and i feel like if if um yeah i i feel like they might have had an audience yep. in if yeah. it was filmed beforehand so yeah i'm interested in like it did seem like they're setting it up to be some kind of series like right maybe like i don't know monthly or like I don't, something more than just like kind of a one-off 30 minute thing right um so i'd be interested to hear more um, or see more uh, from it, but yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that I'm really glad that they did talk about was the black lives matter movement. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not surprised that they did. It's Nicole Hannah Jones and AOC and, and, and really all four of them I think are involved in and, and certainly committed to social justice, but I thought they did a really good job and, and had a really great conversation about it. Um, and I especially appreciated that they brought up the notion of intersectionality as well. You know, Megan asked Nicole to share a working definition of intersectionality, and, and she defined it and used the context of the Black Lives Matter movement to do that. She talked about how Black Lives Matter and the movement is clearly about race, uh, but when you dive deeper and sort of investigate it and interrogate it and, and try to get to the root of why it's important and why it matters, it's also about class and and gender and gender yep. identity and other facets of our of our identities and and how intersectionality calls on us to take into account all of the ways that oppression cuts across and, and intersects uh, with all aspects of our lives. And I, I just thought the way that she described that was really succinct and could be easy for folks to understand. Right. If that's sort of a new concept for you, it really would be sort of easy for you to sort of grasp that concept um and then later on in the conversation megan talked about and asked this question she says when we think about intersectionality or the idea of diversity and inclusion what is the point and she answers that with the point is to get to the whole story and i just loved that both as sort of like a i guess like this bookend to that part of their conversation in the show but also as rationale for why we and 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 by we here i mean you and i mm -hmm. uh but i also mean the collective we why we do this work why we do the work of social justice you know why you and i are doing this podcast um the i think the notion of getting the whole story as megan says is what we believe in mm -hmm. you know we we know that we have to get to and understand the whole story so that we can all be free because, and we've said this many times on this podcast before, we believe that all of us need to and deserve to be free. Yeah. You know, we believe that Black Lives Matter and understanding the whole story and history of this country tells us why people are marching in the streets, shouting and demanding that. You know, getting to the whole story compels us to believe that everyone deserves dignity and compassion and, and the conditions and chance to live a rich and healthy life. And, you know, and so... I think their conversation about getting to the whole story and understanding how intersectionality is an important part of doing the work just really sort of spoke to me and, and really resonated with me. 
Yeah, I think so. The intersectionality piece, uh, I really appreciated them bringing that into it um, and defining intersectionality. Um, right, like shout out to Kimberly Crenshaw who uh, coined yes. that phrase yes. and, and uh, framework. Um, because um, I think, and they they do a good job of defining what it actually is. Because I think a lot of people think of it as intersections of identity, right? Right, and yep. it's it's. It's actually inter- not. It's not that. So it's intersections of how uh, oppressive systems create new oppressions. Yes. Right. So, um, and I think, um, you know, the intersections of identity, understanding who we are all at the same time. Right. Like, you know, I, I'm not just a a white person. Right. Like, I'm white and male. It's understand under uh, important to understand those things sort of separately and combined and, and how they yes. how they inter, uh, interact with one another. But that's not intersectionality because I'm not oppressed by those two right. identities, right? Like that's not, I'm not the target of oppression in those two particular identities. Um, so yeah, I appreciated um, the way that they talked about that and defined it. Um, yeah. And then, so they kind of shifted into like, a little bit of how they apply that, mm-hmm. uh, right? Uh, and so when AOC talks about, she feels like she has to be conscious of intersectionality um, while doing congressional work because it applies to so many of her constituents and yes. the people that she's actually representing. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it it's also tied to who she is and what she believes in and the work that she's doing there, yes, right? So, person, yeah. Um, yeah, I really uh, appreciated them sort of opening up with that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about, and, you know, in today and, and in previous episodes about the power of conversations. And, you know, I've just been so curious. I couldn't wait to us, for us to sit down and record today. Uh, I've been so curious to ask you about your take on the scene and the interaction between Nicole and Hassan when they were talking about whether or not this country is redeemable. I don't know. I just had this sort of moment where I was like, Aaron. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm just curious, you know, what did you think about that part of the the show and, and that interaction and that conversation? Yeah, I thought, um, I thought it was powerful because uh, it was a conflict. Yes. Right. Like it was, um, and it was navigated effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so two people seem to have, pretty different perspectives on the question or even the kind of concept of redemption. Um, And Nicole Hannah-Jones voiced that. And I feel like Hassan listened. Um, And it felt like to me, um, so I I think this moment was another moment where I was like, we could have spent more time here Mm. um, because I think they could have had a a longer conversation, all four of them together, particularly someone who is, um, with somebody who is like in the U.S. government, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think, mm-hmm. um, and, and also, uh, right, like AOC is a very uh, vocal critic of the government and the history and of of what the country has done. Um, and she jumps in here too at some point. Um, but yeah, so I just thought that was, that could have done, there could have been more conversation there in, in general. Um, but I think one of the things that Nicole Hannah-Jones says is um, that our charge is to try to redeem a country founded on genocide, land theft, and uh, chattel slavery. Yeah, uh, We don't know if it can be done, but we must try. 
Um, and so I thought it was powerful because um, what she shared challenged, I felt like the very notion of redemption and Hassan's question. Um, yeah, I really appreciated that back and forth. And then I, I do think um, if I'm remembering the order of events correctly, <laughs> um, I think AOC jumped in and said, um, because Hassan has this uh, joke about maybe we're in the the downfall oh, section right. of the yes. Wikipedia entry on the yep. United States. Um, and so AOC jumped in and said, you know, perhaps we're in the downfall of the broken way of mm -hmm. doing things. Mm -hmm. um, and she goes on to say that, like, this is not built to last. Injustice is not built to last. Uh, inequity is not built to last. It lasts for a long time, but, uh, you know, eventually it will it will be. Uh, replaced yeah. um, or re repaired or right. Whatever, whatever ways we can figure out how to find redemption maybe. Um, so I, yeah, I, uh, that back and forth I think was really powerful because we also don't, I feel like conflict um, in those conversations is something that people are afraid of. Yes. And so even people who I think are, you know, fairly, um, like-minded in uh, how they approach conversations like this to have disagreement and sort of provide a model for how to navigate that disagreement. Yeah. I thought was really great. Yeah. That's what I was going to say in sort of reaction to what you just said there. I, I, it felt like a really good model. Mm -hmm. uh, they role model sort of how you do that, right? Like we're having this sort of civil conversation um, and you, you just said something and I, and it, and it, you know, my ears <laughs> peaked a little bit and, mm -hmm. um, and I want to sort of address what you just said there, right? And so yeah. I appreciated how she did that. And I, I do think the conversations that they had, and you said, you know, he listened. You could see that he was actively listening to her. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciated that. You know, I, I totally get the spirit, sort of the spirit of what Hassan was saying. And I think she mm -hmm. did too. Um, but I think Nicole was absolutely dead on in terms of, you know, how it can be difficult to see this country as redeemable, um, given yep. all the things that you said, all the things that she said, right? And when I, and really sort of when at its roots, I think, you know, this country has shown that it has a real hatred for non-white people, right? Mm -hmm. Like at its roots, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think, I think we've had a conversation like this before, um, but I, I think about, like I think about our conversation in the election episode, where we talked about how we need to and want to be hopeful about where this country is going. And, and we are, you know, we are hopeful. I want to say that sort of loud and clear here. Um, but that's not to say that there aren't moments and days where that hope isn't as strong as other feelings, right? Especially yeah. for me as a black man, right? Like, you know, just the other day, it was announced that no charges would be filed against the Rochester, New York officers who killed a black man. His name was Daniel Prude. And, you know, he had been suffering through sort of a mental health crisis after taking P PCP. And, you know, just like that, you know, there I was feeling a little less of that hope mm -hmm. uh, and a little bit more anger and, and sadness and disappointment. But right. And, and sort of all that gets to that point for me um, yeah. about trying to be hopeful and the power of conversations and and sort of I appreciated the fact that they role modeled that. Yeah. So I think one of the things that feels connected to that conversation um, to me is um, when AOC, and this is a quick comment, I think, that, but it connected a lot of dots. Um, yeah. She named the USA as a racial regime. Um, 
and it so it connected with what Nicole had been talking about with the history of this country, um, but just naming that the U.S. has been a country that says one thing about equality and freedom and then does another, yeah, right, like throughout its history. Um, we talked about that in uh, 1619, wanting to critique it, but also being like, yeah, okay, f sure thing, freedom, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I just felt like it was a, a powerful comment um, from AOC, and I think, um, for me, it gives a little bit of insight onto like, uh, a little bit more, I guess, insight into why um, she's in Congress and, yes. and where she is, um, because I think it is, Right, like naming how the U.S. has been organized around um, whiteness and white people yeah. um, and trying to uh, create a different way to exist and to um, to be a country. Yeah. You know, AOC, if you're listening, we clearly are fans of yours. Um, you know, she I think she's really transformed the way in which the people have access to um Congress people and politicians and um, really sort of pulled the curtain back uh, for folks uh, about the process and what goes into uh, sort of being a, a politician at that level. And, um, you know, we're definitely fans of hers. I mean, I remember when, um, you know, some of her Instagram lives, I think we both... <laughs> we were yeah. sending messages back and forth to each other. Like, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Um, you know, and I, I sort of appreciate it, particularly, you know, after the coup... And, and, you know, some of the other sort of um, things she shared about her personal life and what has happened to her. Right. Um, I, I'm, we're just, we're fans of you and we'd love to have you on the show if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I think one of the other things that uh, was sort of toward the end of the conversation um, that they had was uh, Hassan talking about, um, the differences in, uh, um, I guess, funding for things or, oh, or yeah. care yeah. we have for things. Mm -hmm. um, so he talks about we have everything we want, but when it comes to the things we need, they're just not there yet. Um, and I think he did say that this wasn't necessarily his original thought. And like, yes, he, he did. cited George Carlin. Like, I think, you know, I'm paraphrasing George Carlin or something. Yep. But um, I also thought that this was a very simple framework for how to look at things um but also really powerful right like it's um uh, powerful in its simplicity um right like thinking about the differences between the stuff we want like media content on demand with hbo and netflix mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um or being able to order food like immediately and have it at our door within an hour um right and those are things we want because they're convenient yes. um, and they're cool uh, in certain ways. But, you know, the stuff we need, like public schools, mm. don't have the same funding or uh, anything like that at all. Um, and so, 
you know, you think about schools or hospitals or yeah. like, you know, bigger infrastructure pieces. Um, we need to make sure that we're taking care of those things. And we, we don't because we're focused on the things we want to do. Um, and I think, so for me, I think so much of that is tied up into like, well, what money are we making from public schools? Like yeah. none. It's a, right. it is a, an expense. It's an investment in our country and our future. Um, right. And in, yes, it, it's an investment and we don't see it as an investment, uh, anymore. Um, or, you know, from my perspective, we don't see it as an investment anymore. It's just another, uh, thing in a, in a budget, um, mm -hmm. that we, that costs a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I thought I really appreciated that little back and forth too. Yeah. I, you know, and that's part of sort of why this was really powerful for me for these four folks to be together and who they are, right? Like there he mm -hmm. is sort of bringing some comedy there. Mm -hmm. Right. But you know, he's speaking truth and speaking fact. Um, but you know, it yeah. was, it was sort of, he was making light of it and bringing and using comedy as his way to make the point. Yep. Um, and so I, I definitely appreciated that. And, um, yeah, I think I think the other point he was trying to make was this idea, you know, you mentioned education or healthcare, right? Like we have to be doing that and that's something we need and we need to be funding those things more equitably, right? Like sort of at the other sort of the other side of that is that, you know, you have some schools that we are funding well and yep. some schools that we aren't. And when yep. you look at who those schools serve and where those hospitals are housed, right? Like you can clearly see why some are getting funding and why others aren't. So yeah, I definitely, I did appreciate that. Um, I think I really enjoyed uh, the beginning and the end of the special. And you sort of talked about this at the, at the start of our show. Um, I appreciated what Megan said in both of those moments on the show. And I, and I, I had to write down her words cause I wanted to share them here. Um, and sort of an, end point to our conversation about this special um, at the beginning of the show I think it was in the opening title sequence Megan says because the more we listen to each other the better shot we have at seeing America for what it is what it could be and what it should be that is the only way forward and then at the very end of the special she says it feels like a what do we do now moment now we have to work. Now the work begins, and that feels more hopeful than it has in the past. And, you know, given the conversation that the four of them had in this special, given the conversation we've had today, you know, and and the conversations we've had on this podcast, like I said, I, I just really appreciated that. Yeah. And, you know, I think we know and believe in the power of conversations like the one uh, we have on this podcast and in our lives and in our friendship. But, mm -hmm. you know, we we also believe in the other work that has to happen, like demanding the things that are important uh, to get us all free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, you know, we, we should talk about the application of this show and what was talked about in it to our daily lives. And, you know, I was really compelled by the stats that AOC shared, and I'm glad she shared them, about the amount of the U.S. population that has participated in the Black Lives Matter movement yep. and how that compares to other movements and uprisings in our history and and also what it takes to uh, this, what it takes to demand uh, and make real change in this country. Um, and while I was moved by what AOC shared, those stats were, were incredible. I was 
also struck by what Nicole said about how we aren't going to see a system that was built on black oppression crumble overnight and that it's a decades long struggle. And, you know, that gave me a little bit of pause uh, for sure. Um, And, you know, I know that this is application work I've mentioned before, but I really want and need folks to stay engaged in the movement for black lives because we can't let our foot off the ground in this moment, off the gas, I should say, in this moment. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm really yearning for the days when it's not even a question that black lives matter and where black folks don't have to be out here literally fighting for our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, it's definitely a decades-long struggle. And so I appreciated uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones bringing that um, sort of context of like, you know... um, fights against uh, slavery mm-hmm. uh, and enslavement um, started decades before the Civil War and abolition happened. Um, fights against uh, segregation started, you know, decades yep. before um, the 60s. Uh, and that's when we saw the changes happen. And so, you know, hopefully we're not waiting as long, right, as that. But... Um, and that we do see some more substantial change more quickly. Um, Yeah. So I'm hoping that um, we do see that, but to do that, we have to stay active. We have to stay in the work as um, I think Megan said. Um, And so, you know, one of the other things that Nicole Hannah Jones talked about was there were signs at the women's March uh, Mm -hmm. in 2017, um, the day after, Trump was inaugurated um, that said, if Hillary won, we'd be at brunch. Yep. Um, And then, so she talked about white people can't just go back to brunch like everything is normal because back to normal has been killing us, right? And so I think that that's, you know, what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I think it applies. um, We we can't just go back to brunch (laughs) um, because... Right. Like the Biden administration is making choices right now to continue some immigration policies mm-hmm. like yep. <laughs> that that Trump had um, and that were policies that he had um, basically, you know, modified a little bit from President Obama. And then those were basically modified a little bit from uh, Bush before him. And right. Like it goes on. Um, and so, you know, it's just it's the same policies with like nicer cages. Right. Um, and so we have to do, um, we still have to push, we still have to do work cause it's not done. Um, and you know, again, who knows, as we said earlier, Nicole Hannah Jones said, if we can redeem this country, but we have to try. Yeah. That's the work. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, and I, I'm sorry, you did mention brunch and I'm a little hungry. So that just got me excited. Uh, so, I've been trying to think about what to propose as homework this week. And I think one potential homework that I would offer is related to something that AOC says towards the end of the special. She talks about how race is a difficult issue for folks to talk about with their families. And she specifically mentioned the idea of Thanksgiving dinner conversations with Mm -hmm. the family. And I think so many of us, you know, folks who, who, who celebrate or observe Thanksgiving, you know, uh, with their family can relate to this. 
um, for sure. And I've definitely had conversations with students that I work with, with colleagues, with friends who have struggled with the Thanksgiving family dinner conversation and, and conversations with family members about diversity and social justice issues in general. But it's something we must challenge ourselves to do, I think. And, and that's what sort of AOC calls us to do, like the impact of these kinds of conversations at home with our families in terms of changing hearts and minds, I think have the capacity to have a real ripple effect and impact our greater society, right? Like if you're having these conversations at home with in quote unquote, in theory, hopefully, you know, folks that you love and trust, you know, it'll give you some space to explore that. Right. And then you can go out and sort of, um, make a, make a difference in our, in our world. So I think it's definitely something that we must do. And I appreciate that AOC brought it, um, brought it up in this special. Yeah. I think those conversations are important. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that they're easy cause I, I think basically they're a conflict. That's one of the things that I don't think we know how to do well, yeah. um, as people, um, in the U S um, and, um, you know, AOC said a lot of people don't sort of building on that said a lot of people don't realize how much of their identity has been scripted mm-hmm. in society. Yes. Um, and so I think starting with an understanding of how much of these things, how much of our identities have been scripted or how much we're trained to behave a certain way within what's considered the right way to exist or do things, yeah. um, and pulling at those threads or finding ways that we've been trained to a script, I think is, is my homework um, that I invite other people to do with me Um, because I think um, unpacking our biases, seeing where we're acting based on what's expected of us, um, those are all things we have to do um, because I think, you know, I think um, we have to transform ourselves. Um, That's not the only work that there is, but um, starting to recognize the ways that we're acting out uh, in ways that reiterate or perpetuate, um, these bigger systems of oppression, um, help us see the systems themselves that are, you know, bigger than my individual, um, uh, behavior. Yep. Right. Um, and so I think that, that unpacking that sort of, um, brings thing and brings bigger systems into focus. And so that's part of my homework. I think that that's ongoing work, but oh yeah, um, that feels connected to what we're, what we were talking about with this conversation and their conversation as well. Yeah. And I appreciate that you said ongoing there, right? Cause that yeah. work is never done, right? No, we can always be better versions of ourselves. Um, and that's part of the conversations that we're having here on this show. Yeah. Well, Aaron, you're up next week. What are you sure. bringing to the table in our next episode? I'm bringing a book by Adrienne Marie Brown, uh, which is fitting because I was just kind of evoking her with uh, Transform Ourselves. Yeah. Because uh, one of the things she says in one of her other books is transform ourselves to transform the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we're going to read something else um, called We Will Not Cancel Us. Um, and I've mentioned her before on the podcast. Um Right, just seconds ago, if you were listening, <laughs> but also on a previous episode, I think I think I quoted her in um, in homework or application or something. I don't remember. Um, but she is an incredible author, visionary, mediator, abolitionist, and and more. Um, and so this is how the publisher describes the book. 
uh, cancel or call out culture is a fraught topic these days, originating as a way for marginalized and disempowered people to address harm and take down powerful abusers, often with the help of social media, it is seen by some as having gone too far. But what is too far when you're talking about imbalances of power and patterns of harm? And what happens when people in social movements direct our righteous anger inward at one another? So it's um, this sort of critique of what cancel culture is mm-hmm. um, when cancel culture is pointed at each other, um, you know, and at each other, I mean, like regular people. Yeah. Um, canceling each other instead of trying to be in it and participating in some kind of transformation with somebody um, and helping them grow, um, acknowledging them acknowledging the harm that they caused. Um, but then also us acknowledging like maybe there's a way in which I supported that harm. In, yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, thinking about harm in a big spectrum too of, of things because it is um, a big spectrum. So there's a lot to it. It's mm-hmm. a very fairly brief uh, book, um, but it's it's really uh, great. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to finish reading it and for our conversation next week. Uh, so with that, folks, we want to thank you for joining us and listening to Interdependent Study. You know what we want you to do, but in case you forgot, please subscribe, leave a rating and review, share our podcast, and of course, follow us on social media. Yes, and thank you for listening. Uh, Remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.